Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howe. And I'm your host, Angie Rogers Howell. What is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast featuring awesome people in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or find us on Facebook by searching for Gone Boss. We're brought to you today by our new sponsor, Forbidden Fruit Tats. Tell me about them. Well, they are a new tattoo and piercing studio. Right here in Muncie, Indiana? In Muncie, Indiana. Now, they are not new to Muncie because Chrissy has been here for a long time already. Yes, with another sponsor of ours that we had back in the day. That we had back in the day. So she has started her own studio, and it is Forbidden Tat Studios. Forbidden Fruit Tats. Yes, Forbidden Fruit Tats. So Chrissy wants you to know that they are not like a regular tattoo studio because, you know, sometimes you can go in and it's intimidating because mm-hmm. you go in and it's like all these big buff burly dudes with like mom tattooed on their arm or whatever. But it's not like that. They like to be, it's not your stereotypical shop. They take pride in customer service and are welcoming and kind and they just want everybody to be uh, welcome and Body positive. Body positive and all that good stuff. So they are at 6404 West McGalliard Street, Suite 2. So if you don't know where that is, it is across the street from Crew Car Wash. You know where oh, that yeah, is? Oh, yeah, I know where that's yes, at. Yes, and the Positivity Boba Shop, the new boba shop over there. Oh, yeah. Which I've heard is very good, but I've never actually been there. It's right there on the other side. They share the building with a, with a boba tea place. So they're going to be great and awesome, and Chrissy does great work. Appointment only, or can I walk in? I think you probably need to make an appointment just to make sure and everything. But you can do all of that at ForbiddenFruitArt.com. ForbiddenFruitArt.com. Yes. Be sure to check out Chrissy and her new shop right there on McGalliard. In the studio with me, I have Lyle Ann Musselman. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Matt? Very good. Now, do you have any official titles? I have a lot. I wear many hats. That, that's <laughs> why I've gathered from talking to you before we started this. So yes. give me at least one. I'm the president of the Muncie Artist Guild right now, and that happens until the end of this year, and I've been that for three years. So I'm kind of ready to give up the <laughs> title, but yet in some ways I'm not because I've really enjoyed being president. And we've grown a lot, and pandemic like really slowed things down and stuff. So when I took over in early 2021, we only had like about eight to 12 members, and now we've grown to about 40. Really? Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So tell me about that organization a little bit, and and what it takes to join and things like that. Well, we celebrated our 70th anniversary last year. And we made a book and had all of our members put paintings in and a little bio and stuff. And those are still available. We meet at Minatrista on the first Wednesday of the month from 6 to 8. And then on in January and sometimes February, we do it on Zoom just because it's dark and sometimes icy out. But it's uh, $35 to join. And we welcome anybody that's interested in art 18 and over. And we're a very welcoming, talented group of people. Now tell me why I should join, especially if I'm an artist and, and looking to get plugged in. To um, get ideas and get energized. 
we have at our monthly meetings, we do a show and tell. And so it's one of the members' favorite things, and they bring in something they've been working on or a brand new piece. It's not always critiqued, but you get to show it, talk about what it is. People get to ask you questions, and then people are like, oh, I'm inspired to go home and try something like that. And so I get a lot of feedback about that, that people really like that. So it, we started out just having it once every once in a while, but now it's every month we have a show and tell, no matter what else we have going on. Also, uh, one thing I want to mention is we do have our annual exhibit coming up. I was going to ask you, do yeah, you have any uh, yeah, type of shows happening? Well, we have the annual uh, exhibit coming up in um, August, and so that will have the opening on the 20th. And everybody's welcome to come and join us, and there will be awards g given out for that. And besides that, another reason people should join us is that we do a lot of quarterly exhibits around town, and we have the Artist of the Month. And so there's plenty of opportunities to get your art out in the public for people to see and people to buy, which we do have people buying here in Muncie. So that's a very happy thing for all of us. And so just a few of the places that we have on exhibit is uh, Rosebud Coffee House. Yeah. Uh, I think that's where I saw that book uh, that you were talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. They would have had some. Massage Therapy. Jules is somebody oh, yeah. that always enjoys our artwork coming in. And, and uh, George Insurance is one of the ones, too. And so there's a couple others. And then Artists of the Month we have, like, at Vera Mays and things like that. So you see, you see us represented around the the county around the city actually now this is just one hat you wear and like you said you're giving it up soon who's, <laughs> who's going to take over well right now the vice president is terry best and so i have high hopes for her to take the mantle and run with it she's worried because she's like oh you do such a good job it's like i will be behind the scenes and anything you need to help and so um, she'll do good or mm. i'm looking forward to just sitting back and kind of being at the meetings and enjoying socializing <laughs> instead of running them all. So, yeah. All right. So what's another hat you wear? Well, I am um, on the board of the Midwest Writers Workshop, and this year we're coming up on our 50th summer conference anniversary. Yes. And that's just next week, as a matter of fact. And I've been on the board for, um, well, since uh, 2019, and I've been the secretary for the board for a little over two years. Oh, wow. So okay. taking all those notes and stuff. That's something that I really enjoy because, A, I'm an artist myself, so yeah. that's another hat I wear. And, B, I'm a creative writer. I do a lot of poetry and essays, and so... Yeah, um, I was going to ask you how you were how you were connected to that group. Yeah, knowing that it's all about authors and creative writers yeah. and different things like that. Yeah. So I'm a poet, and I'm on there as one of the um, faculty that if you go and want somebody to look at a poetry chat book or a manuscript, that I will be the one that will look that over for you and stuff. And so I've done that many times in the last few years for them, and so it's something I really enjoy. Very cool. Yeah. What else? I also um, am social deacon at the Lutheran Church of the Cross, uh, so I'm on the council there, and so that's What does a that social I'm... deacon do? Oh, I take care of making sure that the fellowship happens so that there's cakes for graduations, and we were lucky enough to have eight new members last Sunday. And oh, wow, okay. So, um, you know, 
cakes and make sure people sign up and then also anybody's ill or anything make sure that there's like meal trains and stuff set up so that takes a little bit of time as well how long you been doing this i've done it two years and i just signed up for another two years (laughs) because i thought i'll just do it since i'm in the groove of it yeah (laughs) so that way i will have a little bit of respite once my this stint is over and that's not even talking about my job that I have. Which so you is, do have something. I do have something okay. that I actually do. Tell me do. about that. Another hat that I wear. I'm the uh, center director of the Blackford County Arts Center in Hartford City. Okay. And so what I do there is make sure that we have art exhibits going on every six weeks. We give music lessons, piano lessons, violin, cello, guitar. So there's all kinds of things going on there. Um, we also have clubs that sometimes come in and use our space, like Wit and Wisdom and, you know, some town halls and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so um, I get a lot of joy out of that. I just love creativity. I've, I'm an only child, so I was somebody that would go in my room and I would draw or write or read a okay. lot. And while I was doing that, I always had my 45s because I'm of that age <laughs> in the background. <laughs> So the Beatles and, you know, now, did, all of them. Did you have a record player that you could, you could stack them and they'd play oh, yeah. one after another? Yeah. I'm going to say you about have to when you listen to yep. 45s back then. Yeah, 45s. And I'm one of those that I used to know how to put the penny on the yeah. arm <laughs> so that <laughs> so it, it wouldn't skip. skip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm revealing my age. <laughs> <laughs> Take me back a little bit. Like, what what has your career been like to get you here? Oh, <laughs> well, I've got married when I was 18. Okay. And so I got divorced eight years later after having two kids. And so I was a single mom. And then I got a job at Sinclair Glass Company, banding glass, so using artwork. And then I also, um, my art teacher from high school, she'll kill me, is Ann (laughs) Johnson. And so um, she hired me to do some handmade paper jewelry for her. I coated a lot of jewelry over the years and would go and help set up art shows and stuff like that. And so that gave me a boost. And, you know, she was upset with me that I had dropped out of, well, I left out a step. Yes, yes, college. I, well, let me back up. (laughs) I, I graduated from Delta High School. I'm a Delaware County native. I was born at Ball Hospital. I live in Eaton. I live in Eaton now in my my childhood home. Oh, wow. Uh, I nice. didn't think I was ever going to come back because I couldn't wait to get out of there when I was 18. Well, yeah. Hence, I got married. <laughs> <laughs> and so then Anne was upset with me because uh, I dropped out of, of school. And she said, like, you're going to be sorry about that someday and stuff. And where, so, where, where did you Ball attempt State. to go? Ball, Ball State. State. Okay. And so here's the the running joke with a lot of my friends. I dropped out of Ball State because I thought I was a horrid writer, and I thought I was going to flunk comp. And so I got married and then had that life. And years later, I went back to school. Actually, 20 years later, went back to Ball State and went to, I was going to get a um, graphic design degree, and I thought, okay. oh, I'll design t-shirts and do do artsy stuff. Yeah. And um, so I put off comp 
for a semester, and my counselor said, you're going to have to take this. You can't yeah, just you, keep putting You've got to go through it at some point. And so uh, I did, and I got a really cool grad student as a teacher, and she was young, and she was fun, and I got to write essays, and of course I was 38 at the yeah. time, so I'd had a little bit of life behind me, so I had some things to write about. And so I ended up getting an A in that class, and I thought, well, and I started dabbling in poetry on the side, and but I thought I would never get an English degree because I'm just not that good at writing. You know, I would never even pass courses. So the next semester, back then, you had to take Comp 2 as well, mm -hmm. and I got the grammar Nazi. And she was like, everything was marked up. And also back then, not really that long ago, it was in the 90s, um, pin, red pins yeah. it, before we all went online and did the papers and stuff. And so I've told my students, because then one of my other hats that I wore, which I'll get to that in a minute, but um, I went to her office instead of bailing, mm -hmm. instead of like I did when I was a kid, saying, oh, I'm out of here, I'm going to flunk. Right. I went to her office, and she told me I was one of the best writers in the class, and it really shocked me. It's like, what? And she's like, Look at all oh, this red ink. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> what is all this? It's bleeding, you know? And she, and she was like, no. She was like, you've got great ideas. You just need to learn how to put them in some kind of order because – my mind, kind of like now, you see, my mind jumps. Oh, yeah, from, you're like, like Twitter I'm, at this point. I'm and... a creative person, and so <laughs> my mind doesn't always stick with the same thing linear. So it jumps around. And so I thought, well, you know, maybe I'm not so bad at this. And so it wasn't like the next week or the next day that it's like, oh, the light bulb went off and I got it. But by the end of that semester, I had harnessed what she had wanted me to do. I'm still a comma queen. I have commas all over my writing and stuff. <laughs> but um, I was able to um, do that, and I decided to change my major, and I got my English degree at Ball State uh, with an emphasis on creative writing, and I ended up working with uh, the M.T. Cup Review at the time, Yeah, and I had many poems published there, and then I wrote uh, a one-act play that got selected as a student one act right before I graduated in 2000 and so that was a big moment Very for me cool. yeah. and stuff and so I do write plays that's another hat that I wear as well so then after I um, got done with school I moved to Indianapolis and I worked at Herf Jones for two years being a typesetter really and okay yeah and but I really missed academia, so I went to University of Indianapolis and got my grad degree in English. Believe it or not, after that story about <laughs> thinking I was the most the worst writer in the world, and um, got my degree there, and I've been published all over. In fact, I've got um, three poems archived in the Indiana State Library. Nice, um, you know, and a lot of poems out there in the world, and I just have a brand new chapbook that just was released. Actually, I just got the box uh, dropped off at my door a couple days ago, uh, Staring Dementia in the Face. It's a collection of my poems about taking care of my mom um, when she had dementia, and then she passed in 2020. Well, it's interesting because we, we've done a few of these interviews now, and it seems like it's a recurring theme of you start in one direction, you think you're going to do this, and then something happens during that journey that 
takes you in a whole different direction, no matter what it is, whether it's life, whether it's college, whether it's uh, work, you know, it's just real interesting how things happen to us and how we react and we end up in a different place. Yeah. Yeah. And so then after I got my grad degree, I taught at Ivy Tech. And so I taught there for 17 years and did a lot of online classes and then I moved to Toledo, and I lived there for six years, and I uh, taught at the University of Toledo, Terra Community College, and then Eastern Michigan University and stuff, and then I got homesick and moved back to Indianapolis because a lot of my poetry friends were there and stuff, and so then uh, my parents took ill like okay. with, within the year of me moving back, and in a way that happened in a good way because, you know, like if they had gotten sick and I had to move back, I would have felt like, oh, well, that's the reason I moved back. But I had already moved back because I wanted to be around my daughters and my grandkids and with my parents because they were getting to be up there in age. And and then they took ill, and then the last few years have just been (laughs) a whirlwind because my dad died in 2017. I moved back in 2016. Okay. He died in June of 2017. I moved back to my childhood home in July of 2017. Okay. And my mom had already been diagnosed with dementia then, and so then I was her caregiver for two years. And during, That's a tough job. Yes, Of it all was. your hats, that's yes, probably it was. the toughest. Yes, it was, but rewarding in a lot of ways. And being an only t- child, she and I had our moments because yeah. I wasn't the frilly girl that she wanted. I was always <laughs> the tomboy and... She never understood my creativity, you know. Yeah, she, that'd be know? tough. Then. Yeah, and so I've. she always thought that I marched to my own drummer, and she couldn't believe that, you know, I'm just so independent, and that's me. And <laughs> so as an only child, I think that kind of helps you with those traits Yeah. Um, as well. But no, so during that time, I started going to the Muncie Artist Guild. Okay. Because it was an outlet once a month for me to let somebody come in and stay with my mom for two hours and I could go and do something creative. And so then that's how I got Yeah, that re-energized you, didn't it? Yeah, that got me involved. And then um, I ended up having to put my mom in the nursing home in uh, fall of 2019, and then Mm -hmm. we know what happened in 2020. And, um, And then she passed away in November of 2020, and then within a month I got promoted to president because the person that was going to be the president for the following year was going to move, and I was vice president. And And there you go. There you go. And that is how that all (laughs) happened. (laughs) And so it was kind of scary at the beginning, but being a teacher and having that background. Yeah. um, Plus you had some online training. Right. And I had a lot of online training. And, you know, I know I've been doing artwork since I was a kid. So, you know, it seemed like a natural thing to do. And like I said, I've enjoyed it. What would you do to encourage young creative people nowadays? What's your advice? Step away from technology and actually use a pencil or markers or pastel. Pastel is so one of my favorite. So don't try to do it all on your tablet. Get back to the basics. I, and I'm somebody that even though I do all my revising of my um, poetry and my essays online, I still handwrite everything because I think there's a connection between your brain and your hand and your eyes. There's a mm-hmm. coordination that I don't always get 
um, from just, you know, I've had students that will be in a creative writing classroom yeah. that I've taught. And they, you know, I have my pen and pad and stuff, you know, out there. And they're just, you know, and I just don't get it because, you know, it's too easy to go back and delete something that might have been something that was really good. Oh. Um, you know, that maybe the way you said that, you know, and you can still see it even if you cross it out. Right. You know, and really... I was taught in college at Ball State, you shouldn't cross all your stuff out. You should just kind of leave it and go back and And then revise look and at, edit yeah, from the original. Exactly. Huh. And so I think, you know, the tactile, you know, whether you're doing artwork or doing writing, you know, go back to the basics. And the other thing I would say, because I'm the queen of this, is don't be so hard of your, on yourself. You know, I spent many years about like, oh, this piece of art isn't perfect or this isn't. And it's like sometimes those piece of art will be the ones that will sell or will get in a show that I was ready to toss. Mm -hmm. Where one that I think, oh, this is one of my better pieces. Nobody is like nobody else likes. So I don't know what that is. But I've experienced that from my photography of uh, just taking a shot out the window and you think it's a throwaway and everyone loves that one. Yeah. But yet the one you took all the time and effort to set up and like really compose and all that. And you get like two likes and you're like, what in the world happened here? That's the best thing I've produced. Exactly. <laughs> it's crazy. So I've learned to just kind of, I'm, I'm working in my older age to learn to play and let myself be a little bit more free. Okay. And, you know, and I've always kind of been that way with my writing. It's always my art that I've been so tight. And I don't know whether that's tied up with, you know, my hopes and dreams from when I was in high school and I thought I was going to make it big in the art world. I was going to go take Chicago by storm and do stuff. But then with my poetry and I was getting published and stuff, it's like, you know, I'm fine being a regional or an Indiana poet, you know, but, you know, they, they're finding their way out into the world. I've had some international publications and stuff with my poetry and stuff. So I think if you don't worry about it, things so much and just let things come naturally that you'll be better off than worrying about everything. Let me ask you this. Um, Do you have any interaction with couplets? Yes. Okay. Have you ever been there and read some poetry or anything? I have not, but I know moth. Okay. (laughs) Well, yeah, I thought I'd ask you just to see if you connected with them. And, you know, that's another thing that I do is another hat that I wear is that, um, I sometimes teach some creative writing classes for the Indiana Writer Center. Okay. And then I also have two groups that I facilitate online. One is from Indianapolis, and one is from Toledo writers that I've kept in touch with and I like to workshop with. And so we just all, you know, last night I met with my Toledo writers on Zoom, and it's just um, three others and myself. But we share poetry we do a few prompts, and we just talk and just enjoy each other and, you know, encourage each other. That's another thing is get into a group, and that's not only with poetry but with the Muncie Artist Guild, mm-hmm. the encouragement. You know, I'm a big encourager. I, You know, that was one of my big things with my students uh, at Ivy Tech and other places is, you know, send things out. What does it hurt? You don't know until you try put that in an art show you know you don't know until you do it and you know if you get rejected try again 
you know. It doesn't mean that it's bad. Art and writing are both subjective. Yes. It's something, it's not like math, which is my nemesis. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like math where, you know, there's a set rule and, you know, I would have students come into my English creative writing classes or comp classes and they want answers. And it's like, you know, this isn't like you can have a formula. I have to sit and read all your essays and your poems and try to decide if you've done this, this, and this. I can't just look at a little template and like, oh, yeah, you didn't do this and this <laughs> stuff. So yeah, give yourself some some slack on your creativity. You know, enjoy it. Now, you mentioned you used to listen to 45s and music all the time while yes. you were creating back in the day. Who's your favorite band or artist? Well, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the Beatles because I was like right in front of right the there. Ed Sullivan TV show. <laughs> I was eight years old when they came on the scene, and they were just a big influence on me. And so one of my favorite albums is Rubber Soul. and in my life and Norwegian Wood are two of my favorite songs of theirs, even though I love, like, I saw her standing there and stuff like that, the, the throwbacks. But, you know, and then, I'll, of course, I followed Paul, and George was actually my favorite. Yeah. So, Did you ever and, see them live on stage or anything like that? No, my mom wouldn't take me to the <laughs> I'm going to say you were eight when you were introduced, <laughs> right, but right, well, they right. were uh, yeah. big there for 10, 20 well, years touring. I, I got to see Paul. You got to see Paul. I okay. got to see Paul, and um, it was a very tearful. It was just a really waiting that emotional, long to see yes that artist. There. Yeah, I've experienced that as well. Yeah, it's very emotional to see them in person, and like you know, they've meant so much to you in your life. And I've written a lot of poems. In fact, I'm working on a collection that will have some kind of Beatle related. I've got a lot. They they enter my poems in all kinds of strange ways. It'll be their music or themselves or going to see Paul and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. What's your favorite movie? I like The Birdcage. Okay. I love Nathan Lane. I think he's one of the funniest guys around. <laughs> and I think the, um, the subject matter is relevant today as it was when it was made. Yeah. And, yeah. Very so, very good. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Oh, a night owl. Okay. I thought you might be, but <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't want to assume. Yeah. A night owl. You um, you creative people. You know. Yep, that's <laughs> there is something about that. Us creative people like get creative like right about ten o'clock, eleven o'clock, midnight. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being our guest today. I really appreciate you coming in. Well, thank you so much. I've enjoyed it. We just got back from vacation. Vacation. Now we're back. We went to South Padre Island yes. in Texas. It's the uh, it's the tip of Texas. It, it is as far in Texas as you can go without going into Mexico. When I was on the beach, I would look south and I'd be like, oh, well, actually, southwest. I'd be like, that's Mexico right over there. Right over there. Yes. We Like, you'd have to go a little ways to get to Mexico. But, like, it's as far south as you can go and still, like, be in America, I'm pretty sure. Now, it wasn't an extended vacation or anything like that. We spent three full days Yes. in South Padre Island. The island's amazing. It's, you, it's like, three blocks across. Yeah. Like, it would take you less than 10 minutes to get from one side to the other. It's like one just little tiny strip of land, and we drove from one end to the other end 
uh, lengthwise, and it yeah. took like what twenty minutes or something. And Not it was really long. cool the north side because uh, it was uh, just sand and dunes. Dunes and all, that. And all the kinds road of... actually ended that whole. Yeah, thing. we drove to the end of the road, and I sang the boys to men song and drove my family crazy. So because that's what I do. So we had three days there. We spent two days at the beach, but one day we thought. Well, it wasn't we. I thought, I thought. Somebody <laughs> thought we should do something. And I was I'm like, thinking jet skis, that'd be cool. Or, you know, some kind of fancy boat ride. You know, that would be cool. Nope. Well, I was looking online on like the top 10 things to do at South Padre from like TripAdvisor. And like number one was these banana boat rides. Now, you have seen these. If you've ever been to a beach, they're at every beach. You know, yeah. it's like a tube that is yellow and kind of resembles a banana and you get pulled behind either a jet ski or a speedboat or something like that. And you got a little handle. You got little handles you hold on and all that kind of stuff. Now, in the advertisement, it said, perfect for families. Perfect. Perfect for families after a long day at the beach or whatever. Cool off with us. I'm like, great. So so we're talking and you're like, hey, I want to do this. And I'm like, no. no. (laughs) And you're like, why not? Right, because like I'm like, why not? And you're like, I just I'm not gonna go. I don't want to do it. And okay, no, not okay, because I, you know how I am. <laughs> I know knows how, how you I are. am. I'm like, come on, why are you being such a baby? Let's go. Why? What? You're not gonna join us on our family like, fun? If you three want to go, that's fine. Like whatever. But I do not want to go on this thing. So I'm I like, was very adamant. Yes, and did not give me a reason why. I didn't give you a good Re- reason why. Remember this. It will just, come back later. I was I was holding back a little bit. I know, because even if you had told me the answer, I would have doubled down and done it oh, anyway. Yeah. So, like, fine. So, we'll come back to that <laughs> in a minute. So, I'm like, yes, we're going to do it. So, we don't exactly tell Holden, the 19-year-old, exactly what's happening. I'm right. Like, Put on your beach clothes. We're going to go do something adventurous. Come with me. And he's like, fine. And he was not super It's adventure chill. time for right. the Howell family. Now, I should know better because I personally am not an adventurous person. I don't like adventure and neither does Holden. Now, Audia loves adventure. Yes. She would do it by herself if she could. So anyway, we show up to this place. We get on the banana boat. Holden's like, what are we? No, you didn't tell me this is what we were doing. And Audia's like, yeah, this is amazing. It's so great. So, so you put on the life jacket. Put on the life jacket. get on the we boat. We get on the little boat. Now, the boat is for six people, not yes. just three like right. we were thinking, it was, it was a six-person banana boat. Right. So we had three, like, chicks with us, like 16 to 20-year-olds. I don't know. They were cute, young girls. And I'm like, look, oh, no, we got cute young girls next to us. And he's like, shut up. This is terrible. So Now, on this boat, I'll just tell everybody, it was Audia up front, Angie in the middle, Holden in the back. Yes. And then these other three were on the other side. Yes. And so as soon as I get on this boat, I'm like, huh. It's probably not a great idea. <laughs> but I have already paid money, and we are strapped oh, yeah. in, it, and it we are going. It was not a cheap trip. Uh, yeah, 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 whatever. But it was number one for it family It was number one for entertainment. family entertainment. So I'm like, all right, we're going to do it. So we're holding on. I'm holding on for dear life, trying not to have a panic attack. And yep. then the guy starts the boat and goes, and then we all scream. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. And I have video of this because I knew better, and I was on the shore, uh, and I, I videoed them going out and then him hitting the gas and taking off. Yeah, where we about all flipped right off the back, but we held on for dear life, and I'm like, all right, cool. So, you know, it's a banana boat. They take you through the, like, waves and the wakes and everything. Yeah. Beats the crap out of you, first of all. And he took it a little bit easy at the beginning. I'm like, yeah. all right, cool. I can do this. All right. 
not too bad. I'm like, Audia, you okay? She's like, yeah, this is great. I love it. And then he guns it a little more. I'm like, oh, crap. Here we go. <laughs> I'm screaming. Holdy's screaming. The girls beside us are screaming. Audia is like the most chillest person in the world. The girls are like, how is she so calm? And I'm like, she's that's just how she is. She's like her dad. She's cool as a cucumber. Very calm. She's chill. She loves. She's like, oh, this is great. Well, he hits one big wave. I go flying <laughs> off the side. I don't know. I think I flipped up in the air. I landed the Head opposite direction. I went ass over tea kettle like, <laughs> off of this thing. So <laughs> I come up and I'm like, I wave in and whatever saying, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> done. So he comes back. He's like, are you okay? I'm like, yes, I'm fine. But I don't want to get back on that banana. Because he, he had said earlier, like, if it's too much for anybody, you can come sit in the back of the speedboat and yeah. ride it out. I'm like, cool. That's where I belong. Put me there. So I get back there. I climb up on this thing and whatever. And then he's like, hey, I think you're bleeding. I'm like, what? <laughs> what is going on? Turns out I cut, somehow, I cut my leg. I still have a giant gash on my leg. Uh, so I'm bleeding all over the place in the boat. And then I'm like, kids, are you still okay? And they're like, yeah. Audia's like, yeah. Holden's like, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so they take it back out and they take gun it again and Audie is like yeah and Holdy's like oh my god I'm gonna die anyway he flagged it down here a little bit later so the kids made it about 15 minutes into the 20 minute excursion I made it maybe like five uh, <laughs> and at first I was like oh 20 minutes that's not very long like man it seems expensive for 20 minutes or whatever and then I was like oh my gosh we have to do this for 15 more minutes <laughs> So the kids made it about 15. They begged off. And so they got back in the, so we, then the three of us just rode in the back of the speedboat, yeah. uh, which was actually pretty fun. Um, and then the guy was of course like, all right, now let's knock these girls off or whatever. So then he like <laughs> gunned it. These girls are flying everywhere, hanging on like by one arm. And it was crazy. Like, <laughs> so so after- I'm back at the pier. I'm having me a beer. I'm just enjoying my afternoon because, number one, nobody's around me. You're I alone. have a beer in my hand, <laughs> and uh, here comes the boat, and I notice that all three of them are not on the banana boat anymore. <laughs> We're all They are in the in back. The back. <laughs> so I had a little checklist. So we all came back. We sat up at this bar place where Matt got us uh, some cheese sticks and... <laughs> Some virgin daiquiris Some virgin and daiquiris pina coladas. I got a beer, and like all of us were, like I could barely pick up my beer to drink it because I were was all shaking, shaking so hard from like adrenaline and what. Because <laughs> we are not adventure people. <laughs> <laughs> and so Audio was like, "That was the best. I'll do it anytime." And then Holden's like, "I'm never doing that again." So, um, yeah, I told them, "Look, we are making core memories today." I didn't promise. If they were good, good memories, <laughs> we will remember this. You guys will remember this forever. The time that I decided to drag everybody banana boating and y'all hated it. Well, one of them hated it. But anyway, so tell me why you said you would not go. So back in sixth grade, went up to the lakes with uh, best buddy Lee and we had a banana boat and uh, and we went out there. And of course, we had his parents or whatever, and they just gunned it all the time. And I hit that water so many times with my face. <laughs> And water up my nose, and I just hated it. And I, after I was done, I was like, "You know what? Not gonna do that anymore, ever." <laughs> and I've and I've stayed You've true to stayed myself. True to your promise. So, and then afterwards, so Matt's like, "Yeah, I I told you I wasn't gonna go." I'm like, "Yeah, I know, but you didn't tell me why." And he tells me this story. I'm like, "Why didn't you tell me that? You should have told me. Like, I would have taken that into consideration. No, I probably wouldn't have. wouldn't have gone." And you're like, "No, you wouldn't have." I'm no. like. 
That's true. I wouldn't have. <laughs> I would have doubled down to be like, oh, well, we're going to do it anyway. We're going to show you. And what that's just because that's who I am. Yes. Um, anyway, we made core memories <laughs> that day um, of the time I tried to take all my kids doing something fun and adventurous. And I was going to be cool mom, but my kids hated it. And I got myself all bashed up. You borked your leg. I borked my leg. Shocker. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at GoneBoss.com or hashtag GoneBoss. We're on Instagram at GoneBoss2K or you can find us on Facebook just by searching Gone Boss. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Have a great rest of your day and don't forget to tune in next week to find out who has Gone, gone Boss. boss.